0: get a resurrection you get a resurrection everyone gets a resurrection <laughs> i have a resurrection in
1: my pants welcome to episode 18 of the mutant musings podcast it's january 2018 Oh, episode 18 in 2018 right so we'll be discussing some comics and news from december 2017 i'm your host jonathan and with me as always is a honey who i badger with affection Patty! And this podcast is the place to get information and reviews from fellow fans without forced bias coming from sinister corporate overlords. We're looking at you, Mr. Sinister. Except Monster Energy Drink, because we love that shit. And we're actually not drinking any tonight, but that's a whole other story. I put
0: that shit on everything.
1: (laughs) Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on geekade.com or 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook some feedback on iTunes, and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. We want to hear from you, the listeners, because we love the X-Men and we want to share that love with you beyond this one monthly podcast. And because we love the X-Men so much, we tend to curse a lot out of sexy verbal pleasure. So don't say we didn't fucking warn you.
0: I have sexy verbal pleasure for you. Yeah. Mm, so, you bad boy.
1: So I hope everyone's holiday was nice. Hope everyone had a had a happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. A joyous
0: Kwanzaa.
1: Yeah, or as Homer Simpson would say, a Quazy Kwanzaa. That's from the <laughs> Simpsons, that's not me. Or uh, whatever else you celebrate. A Festivus. Or a yeah, Festivus for the rest of us. Or if you don't Saturnalia. celebrate... Saturnalia. If you don't celebrate anything, that that's okay too. Our, uh... You were just alone with your alcohol, which is fine, because
0: that's how I find myself most of the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, our Christmas was alright. It was it was pretty good. I uh, got to spend, the, spend most of the day with Patty, but, uh... But I've had food poisoning for a little while. Just give you guys a little a little peek TMI in, a little TMI and a little peek into my personal life. Uh no, it wasn't a lot of gross stuff coming out of gross places. It wasn't like that, but it was just it was a really bad deal and uh still getting over that. So uh hope everyone's Christmas was better than that. But this one over here got me a very nice present in the form of new mutants number 87, which is basically just as good as an engagement ring. So there you go.
0: So we're getting married. She's a you keep- heard keeper first.
1: She's a keeper. So find That's yourself right. find yourself one of those that'll get you New Mutants eighty seven and you, and and you know that means marriage basically. Yeah. All right. So we've we've got a whole bunch of stuff that we're gonna talk about. Uh, a lot of people are back from the dead. But before we get into any of that, we wanted to touch on uh, X Men Grand Design number one. I was uh, a little apprehensive going into this because the art, like you know, you see the previews and I'm like, all right, well the art's not bad. It's not, you know, it's not amazing, but it's certainly not bad, but it's just, it was just weird, you know? It's a little different from, like, even the...
0: Traditional comic book art. Yeah,
1: so, I I don't know. I didn't know what to think about this when they announced it, so... um, But I guess I'll turn it over to you first, because you got a little bit of a sneak peek when we were at uh, Comic-Con. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I did get a sneak peek into this book. I was picked to go on stage when we went to Comic-Con in the like first weekend in October so I got to read this pretty early the pages weren't all in order I don't think so I was uh, a little confused it was like literally like the editor's copy it was like the you know the proof before they put it to the book so it had all these editor's marks and red and everything oh, which I thought so was cool. like real cool and it would have been cooler for Jonathan to have had that experience because I literally think that editing is just spell check.
1: Oh my god! So, stop.
0: Yeah. No. So I was sitting on the stage right next to the uh, writer and artist uh, Ed uh, I'm assuming Pisker. 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 So I'm trying to read, and he just keeps trying to talk to me. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to read.
1: <laughs> no,
0: but he was he was really cool. You know, he was, like, asking me, like, oh, like, how do you get into the X-Men or whatever? So I was telling him I read every issue of the X-Men, and he was like, oh, me too. You're going to love this book. <laughs> so then he was like, oh, do you remember when this happened? Do you remember when this happened? And I was like... I was like, calm down, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I complimented. I'm like, oh, who did the art on this? I really like this. It's very like different, and it feels more like like a graphic novel kind of than mm, yeah. like a comic book. And he was like, oh, well, thank you, because I did the art, <laughs> so I'm glad you like that. And uh, being able to read it in order, I was really excited for this. I really liked it. I really liked the newsprint kind of texture that they printed the pages on I thought that was very nice I really liked how they started this history and they kind of told it in like a linear fashion without like all these you know going back and forth and like oh well you know if you take a break and read this next issue, like, 10 years later. If you, like, read these books originally in the 60s, like, and they were still coming out in the 70s, you'd be like, oh, wait, so there's this weird relationship now going on. But, like, he kind of presents it to you in a way that makes sense, where you wouldn't necessarily have to remember all of these things, and the relationships are just, like, uh, kind of, like, explained to you, like, from the beginning.
1: Yeah, well, that that was the nice thing about this. It took, it took the entire history, and so instead of, like... Going back and forth, it's like you're in like 1992 and like, you know, you're seeing something happen, like some sort of connection that was never made in like 1970. And like this, this was really nice way of doing that. Like it was all put in a linear fashion to tell one complete narrative instead of jumping around all over the place. And, uh, I saw a couple of, well, not really a couple, um, well, a couple of people have complained about it, but one person's complaint was like, doesn't take into account all these retcons and stuff. And I'm like, well, bro, that's the idea. It's like, so you don't have to worry about that. This is like everything from A to Z, not from A to M to F to P to, you know, it's just, it's just, it's complete. And it's not just like, it starts with X-Men number one. Like what I appreciated that he did was, first of all, it was uh, a story that like the watcher was telling to his recorder, you know, that's first of all. And second of all, it gave a little bit of a setup to how mutants have been around for a long time, but they were just seen as like sideshow freaks and carnies and shit like that. And then it's like suddenly Namor attacks fucking New York City. And then that's where we kind of jump into things. And it's still... That's
0: like where the hatred for mutants comes in. And I think he did a really good job of explaining that because... It really isn't explained in the comics. Like, there's no reason for it to logically make sense because they're born different. I get that that's, like, like a euphemism for being differently abled or gay or, you know, a minority in whatever fashion.
1: Well, not just that, but, like, even in, like, the first handful of issues of X-Men, like, mutants weren't hated and feared. Like, people seemed to hail them as superheroes, and it wasn't until probably around issue 10, maybe a little before that, that people like you know uh humans in the comics were like freaked out like oh muties you freaks you're weird you know it's like i don't i I don't know it was kind of a weird little jump but if you go back and you read and somewhere within the first 10 issues of x-men like if you go back and you read those you'll see what i mean like people's attitude change like basically from one issue to the next it was kind of weird but uh i like the connections that he makes too it's like and the phoenix force noticing a young jean grey and then the shear des- um you know decide to go investigate earth and then that's where a spaceship encounters the summers family i also appreciated uh bobby's look too he looked more like a snow monster instead of a snowman so yeah just just did like a really great job of summarizing some of like the most important aspects of the x men and not only that but like they did like an annotated bibliography at the end too where it was like Everything is reference to something else, where it actually happened historically in the comic books. Like, that last couple of pages, first of all, they give a thank you to, like, everyone that's worked on X-Men for so long, and then they do that. And I was like, you know, these people really did their homework and really put in the effort to this book.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I definitely appreciated that, and when I saw that, I was like, wow, okay, So, you know, this guy must have been working on this for a very long time. And I'm glad that he sold Marvel on the idea of it because I think it's fucking genius. I really like how, well, as he was telling me uh, when we were on stage that, uh, you know, there were certain things that were just mentioned in the comics and not really explained but taken at, like, face value. So he wanted to, like, explain some plot holes, like, why Charles Xavier was so rich and so he gave that a backstory and i mean jonathan said that they explained this but i don't remember that you know the twins said that magneto saved them and uh that's why they had to work for him because they owed him but i didn't remember that but they showed that scene in this and so i thought that all that stuff was interesting because i never really considered it before you know i just took it at face value like oh okay, so Magneto just has this goon who wants to just, like, lick his toes for no reason. (laughs) Like, all right, that's totally acceptable because, you know what? I'd lick Magneto's toes. Don't
1: kink shame. Some people are into licking toes. (laughs) A lot of people are into licking toes. Well, you know,
0: Toad, he's got a long tongue.
1: And some people are into licking toads. Some people are into licking toes. You got two kinds of people, really, in the (laughs) world. There's those that lick toes and those that lick toads, you know? What kind are you? (laughs) That's... Not for this podcast. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, so this was uh this this was a great book. Um, I'm happy with it. I'm kind of upset that he's doing a bunch of them, but like it's over the course of three years that we're only getting like two, two a, year, a year, which kinda stinks, but we are getting another one in uh what, a like a week. Yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. Um all right, so moving on, we've been sticking with all new Wolverine for the past uh, couple of months. And we want to continue this one. With the Orphans of X. So they they find Laura, DeCannon and everyone, and um, Danger comes to the rescue. And they're like, oh, who the fuck is rescuing us? And I'm like, duh, blue word balloons. That means that it's Danger. Um, so the fucking Orphans of X have turned uh, the Muramasa shards into bullets, which is fantastic. So this is all, you know, and, and this issue was was fine. It was a nice little connection for the little team to go to find Muramasa and get some sort of a defense and get this shield and whatever's going on with that. But really, the big thing about this issue for me was Gabby's codename, uh, which was finally revealed. Uh, Tom Taylor was teasing this on Twitter in November, and I threw this out to one of the Facebook groups, like, you know, what is her code name going to be? And a bunch of people had a bunch of funny different ideas but this one person uh hopefully a friend of the show uh <laughs> terry baltagon which is an awesome last name i probably just butch- butchered that he guessed it like no jokes he just commented honey badger and i was like oh man watch it actually be badger because you know we know that's that was almost wolverine's original code name and so it turns out to be fucking honey badger i was like oh my god and I just posted a message in that thread. And I was like, bro, when do you plan on reading this? He's like, I already read it. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I can't believe they actually went with Honey Badger. It was, you know, and, and it's cute. I get it. The idea is that she's cute and she's funny and she's also deadly. And it's great. And Honey Badger right now sounds funny and cute and great. But I'm thinking, like, if this is a character that actually lasts for 20 years, is Honey Badger still going to be a great codename to have? Uh, what about Boom Boom? Well, she's also had, to be fair, she's also been Boomer and Meltdown since. I know, that's what
0: I'm saying. You know, they gave her a fucking stupid name, Boom Boom, and this they changed... It's stupid. It's not stupid. They, they've changed her name because it doesn't fit anymore. Even, like, I forget if it was in Years uh, of Future Past, kitty was saying i don't go by kitty anymore like i go by katherine or something yeah Kate, yeah that she wouldn't go by kitty anymore because she was too old so like it kind of makes sense i think the name for now is perfect one name that i did actually like better that somebody posted in that thread was prick yeah. and <laughs> i was like i fucking love that and uh I'm somebody too- said like toothpick so obviously toothpick they wouldn't it. pick those
1: but um i thought stabby gabby was good
0: yeah but that's kind of that's giving away her name so
1: yeah, whatever but, yeah no i get it and and no and the prick is too edgy for for this kind of for this kind of thing but i i, I don't know i get what you're saying about boom boom having like multiple name changes and, and it's fine for now i just i don't know like i don't want to shit on it because I, I do like it i really do like it i just again i'm thinking like 20 years from now you know wolverine is one of those fucking names where like if you said it to somebody probably in 1974, they would have been like, that's a stupid fucking code, code name. But like over 40 years later, like I don't think of the animal Wolverine when somebody says Wolverine to me or Boots. I think of like, you know, X-Men Wolverine. You know, I hear, yeah, if you want to find a
0: picture of a Wolverine, you have to Google Wolverine
1: animal, animal. Yeah. in images to find yeah. a picture. And then half of them will still be Wolverine. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if this is the name that's really going to stand the test of time or if They're going to have to go through more name changes. Or if this character is even going to stand the test of time. Yeah, I was going to say that. Which stinks because, you know, it's like she's a character who's great right now. And, like, we love her. And I'm sure plenty of people love her, too. But, like, who knows what's even going to happen two years from now. I mean, shit, five years ago, you know, Hope was huge. And it's like now they're, like, barely just trying to fit her in some place, you know. And she just kind of, I'll fit her in some place. Yeah. And, uh. I don't know, she's kind of disappeared for a while and it stinks, but we'll talk more about that later.
0: Also, I just love the fact that Ken was just wearing that pink strong girl shirt and the yeah. fucking pink polka dot socks. Yeah. Well,
1: like, she, he doesn't have time to change his clothes. What a, what a little do? gay
0: boy, I love him. What is he gonna
1: do? But what?
0: he's wearing pink polka dot socks. <laughs> he, that's. That's my point. Not that he couldn't change, but that he had owned and also worn pink polka dot socks. No,
1: he got those clothes from... Uh, oh, I know. From, yeah. So, from Laura's... Aunt's
0: aunt, house. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Whatever. I still love it.
1: All right. So, so moving on. Um, Next up, we got Astonishing X-Men number six, which is our first resurrection of the month. So, I've been liking this book the past few issues. To me, this series started out very rocky uh, and has gotten better. Um, I, I really think that this whole fight between Xavier and the Shadow King has been very interesting, especially visually. Some of the artists have done some really interesting things with it. Uh, especially this issue Mike Del Mundo. like it's really kind of like dark but sort of like bright like it it kind of accents some of the like the brighter colors, but it's still dark if that makes sense. So I, I really liked it when Charles. Tricked the Shadow King and brought in Rogue, Mystique, and Phantom X to fight. Like the costumes that they wore were just fucking amazing. Like Mystique's
0: this... costume was really cool. Yeah,
1: like Rogue, like I don't I don't know, just uh this guy's been he's great on art. And, but it was kind of silly though that like, you know, the Shadow King's trying to fight on like a bunch of different fronts as well as like hold all these people in the real world like in check. So he loosens his grip on Xavier? Like, really? Like, that, that was kind of silly. That that was kind of stupid. Like, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to be writing an article about Cecilia Reyes. And there was this one issue where Pyro's in the hospital where, she's, where she is practicing. And he actually says, like, oh, these straps are hurting me a little bit. Can, can you just loosen them a little bit? And she actually does. And fucking homie breaks out and jumps out the window like no shit. Who is surprised by that? Not fucking me. So I, I just I don't understand. Like you're, you're gonna take your your attention off of Xavier just a little bit. Like no, the that most was powerful psychic mind in the world. That okay, was, bro. That
0: was explained, though. Um, you know, Charles had explained all that stuff too, because I'm sure that there uh, that the writer had thought that other people would think the same thing as you. It wasn't a good enough explanation. Okay, well there was. An explanation that, uh, you know, he had all these other things to, you know, take care of. Not good and enough, that, Charles, like, so I call plot hole. And then, like, I call uh, shenanigans. Xavier was, wasn't fighting too much anymore. So, like, the fucking, fucking, sh- I was going to say the Phantom Knight, the fucking, <sighs> the fucking Shadow King, you know, thinks that he's using all of his strength already and that, like, that's where the bar is, but it's not. He's kind of loosens his grip, too. So that the Shadow King doesn't know where like his full strength is. So he thinks that he's still doing a good job. But anyway, I'm not crazy about this book. I feel like it's too like out there and um I don't know if that's the right like phrase to there? use.
1: Is it out there like the truth? It's it's just Is it is it like the X files? Shut up. It's it's Is this just... the astonishing X Files or is the Shut Astonishing X Men, damn it?
0: No, it's just like, you know, too like <laughs> fucking weird. I don't know. I'm not crazy about this book at all. The okay, the thing that I thought was really stupid other than other than what ended up happening with Phantom X was that, you know, in the last issue, uh Archangel or Angel realized that he had to turn into Archangel or whatever and that Betsy was like, Oh no, I'll 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 help I'll help control you. And so Gambit and Wolverine were still under the control of the Shadow King in the real world. And Archangel was going to, like, kick their asses. And Gambit and Wolverine snapped, too, when Xavier took over the uh, Shadow King. Yeah. They were like, oh, my God. Oh, man. Archangel's just standing there ready to throw his fucking blade wings at us. They were like, please, please stop. We didn't do it. Please stop. I don't know how I got here. And he was going to uh, just attack them anyway. And Betsy was like, hey, stop it. Like, he's her fucking, like, lapdog. Yeah. Like... like
1: he licks sh- her toes. Sh- he licks her toes and he licks her toads. Get you a man who yeah. can do both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it just reminded me of, like, the fucking old lady from uh, Inuyasha. And she could just be like, Inuyasha, sit boy. And he would have to sit because of his collar. It just reminded me of
1: that. Uh, For those of you who are fans of the X-Men, fans of this podcast, and fans of Inuyasha, <laughs> to you one person, maybe. <laughs>
0: I can't remember her name.
1: It's, it's alright. It starts with a K. We believe you. The one fan out there knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, just so, just drop her name. Kudos to you. Yeah. So uh, then like t- at the end of this issue, we get Phantom X talking to who? And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck is going on and, and amongst all this other shit? I'm like, i knew, I I knew this was going to happen. Like, we know Xavier is going to come back, but how is he going to do it? He comes back in Phantom X's body. Bleh. This can't be the long-term solution. Also, he could make Phantom X's body look like his own if he wants to. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how this goes down, even though I'm not even too sure if I'm so excited to have Xavier back. I'm, I'm, I don't, I, he's, out of like him gene wolverine and cyclops anybody to come back xavier is the one i i'm least looking forward to Same. but i i think that this whole fight between xavier and the shadow king was really fucking interesting i guess phantom x is going to be gone now if xavier That's is taking really over his body.
0: upsetting to me and like it makes me go like what the fuck Charles Soul do you think that like we think that Phantomax is so insignificant that you can just turn him into Xavier yeah, and a- just nobody will give a shit
1: This is what Charles Soul does he kills people even when he brings somebody <laughs> back he kills somebody else. Listen, he I... He killed Wolverine. He killed a couple of, like, the Red Lanterns, who I really loved, and fucking, yeah, now he's he's killed Phantom X. I, as he brought Xavier back?
0: I love Phantom X, and I hope that he's just kind of, like, using his body for now, but like, Phantom mm. X is still in there, mm-hmm. you know, and then... Charles
1: Triple X Xavier on that Phantom Triple X. Mm. And then so Xavier can
0: transfer to, like, a different body. Like his own, that's just been decaying in the grave. An I'd X, watch
1: that—an X-File transfer, if you will. <laughs> Shut up! And this is so, this is without any Monster Energy drink.
0: So, so uh, her name is Kagome,
1: right? So there, there you go, Inuyasha fan. The one fan already knew who it was.
0: Okay, well, her name is Kagome. <laughs>
1: Our fan is named Kagome. Yes. So is the character. Yes. That's a weird fucking coincidence. That is a
0: weird coincidence. I've never met anybody named Kagome. All right, moving on
1: <laughs> to uh, Jean, Jean Grey, Gray, number ten. Number ten. Really, in in this, well, all right. First of all, I just I want to say this that I loved this X team of Jean, Emma, the Cuckoos, Hope, and Quentin. And you know, I really I really wish that this were an actual team and an actual X book. I, I think seeing Hope. A little bit re- now is really awesome but they had this bitch shoot bullets at the phoenix force yeah that was stupid. i was like that was literally you're bringing her back and trying to give her something to do and you're having her shoot bullets at a giant cosmic flame you bird you don't bring a knife to a gunfight you don't bring bullets to a phoenix fight that's right right and
0: uh, just to mention on this team quickly this is typically the team that women get where there are like, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, six men and one woman. That's kind of the team that you know women are used to seeing. So it's nice to see a team consisting of six women and one man. Yeah. So we're fucking breaking through that glass ceiling. And the one guy's question, uh, the the one guy's sexuality is questionable. I really want them to make Quentin or Magic asexual because I am, and I can see them both as ace um especially because like there was a little kind of flirting flirting going on between quentin and ben yeah but it wasn't like i mean he had a chance to work on it and like you know like actually act on it if he had any feelings or anything but it didn't seem like he really did that he was just kind of just like messing
1: around you know well benji definitely has a crush on quentin i mean they're saying that it's like oh just friends but like i really think that benji does have a crush on Quentin, like we know. Benji's had a, a crush on Nathaniel, but I think he's also got a thing for Quentin. I really Who do. Doesn't
0: have a thing for Quentin. I love him.
1: <laughs> so this this issue really really threw me because I was not expecting this to happen. I was not expecting the Phoenix to be trying to just get Young Jean out of the way after all this build up, just to get to like adult Jean and just have uh, Young Jean out of the way. And it looks like Young Jean is dead.
0: It sure looks that way. Her body exploded, yeah, this, and is on
1: fire. This was really, this was really rough to look at. That one panel where, like, the beak was in Young Jean's chest, and then, like, the next panel, she's just fucking, it's just exploded. fire, and she just exploded.
0: Yeah, like, so uh, this was tough. So, I mean, we talked previously about this about um you know they thought that the worst case scenario was that that the phoenix would take over gene but they didn't realize that they the phoenix wasn't interested in young Jean, and you know ghost Jean tried to come between her and the phoenix and she was like i know she's already stronger than i was when i was her age but like you're not going to take you're not going to take her and And yeah so young Jean didn't really think that there was going to be any kind of risk or any real risk so what she did was she went and like put on this huge sigh armor and just attacked the thing which fucking like rode it yeah it's like a fucking rodeo and uh yeah and but Ghost Jean was just like, "What the fuck are you doing? Nobody's <laughs> ever attacked the Phoenix are you Force before." Crazy, bitch. Yeah. So I thought that was badass. And then the Phoenix was like, "Like you're wrong. God, I don't want you. I just want you out of the way." And just Young Jean looked like mortified, like she knew that she was going to die at that moment. Duh, it's just—it was
1: really upsetting. It was. We still have one issue of that left. Which, um... How? <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean that's probably going to completely finish up the story of what we're talking about next, which is Phoenix Resurrection number 1. Like we're going to get an issue of this every week through number 5, and then like we're going to get Jean Grey number 11 and that's going to be the final issue of that series. I thought this issue was interesting. I know some people are like have mixed feelings about it. Uh I I liked it. I don't know, the opening was cool. It was really freaky with this girl bleeding and speaking backwards and like all this shit, and, like, I don't know, like, we know is gonna come back, so what the fuck does it have to do with these three locations and the X-Men getting a team and going to each one of them? I mean, sure, it was entertaining, especially to see, like, Weapon X in the North Pole all yeah. fucking, like, pissed off and whatever. And, uh, the 616 Logan shows up and Creed is like, oh, I love killing this guy. You know, that's, that's all great. And, you know, I know some of this is, it's like, it's not the end result. It's like, oh, the journey to get there. But, like, what the fuck is this going to have to do with anything? And You have to read the Yeah, but it's like, it's at the end where it gets really interesting. And there's this diner. And, like, we know everybody who's there and that they're dead. And I'm like, heaven is a diner? Well, New Jersey must be heaven then because we got all the fucking diners. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Cyclops. Cyclops is heaven. Cyclops is a diner. Um, would you?
0: Would you lick his toes? Yes. Okay. Good yeah. To know. You, would, you wouldn't
1: even touch my feet. I wouldn't. I shouldn't have even had to think about that for the half a second I did. If it means Cyclops gets to live again, I will lick his toes. But to be fair, I would do that for you too. If, it, if it meant to bring you back, I would. I would lick your what, toes what too. If, what
0: if I just wanted you to?
1: No. <laughs> Fuck. I would lick your toes i I'd, I'd, I would lick your toads. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, we're in this for the long haul, so I, I guess we'll find out somewhere along the way what All that right. means. um i I loved uh use art on this. Oh, uh,
0: I love you art too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember reading Secret Invasion like a decade ago, yeah, about a decade ago, and I was like, man, everybody's got such a fucking rigid chin. <laughs> he just drew the most rigid of chins, but his art was great in this. the The chins were less rigid, less imposing. I felt less threatened by the chins. Can we can we just talk about
0: how unrigid what? Nightcrawler's oh. ass was? What is there to talk about
1: though? You just Nightcrawler's ass. Yeah. All right. There. It was fantastic. What else do you want to say?
0: It was like, oh my God, Becky, look at that butt.
1: Tell me more. Tell me more. Make another so Sir Mix-a-Lot round reference. and out there. Right. I give mean, me I more can't believe she's just references. so blue. <laughs> <laughs> give me the whole give me the whole song. More more references, please.
0: I like big butts in a can. Oh, a my God. You the brothers can't do that. All right, when stop. When a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in I'm
1: going to have to edit so much <laughs> of this out. Seriously. Yeah, so, so great. So who is that mysterious red-headed waitress with Jean on her name tag? Was it me? Do you think that X-Men grand design was a grand design? Uh, they can't all be winners, folks. Uh, you think about all that, and uh, we'll be right back after the break. We here at geekk.com want to wish you a Happy New Year. Oh, God, why did I drink so much? <laughs> Is the ball dropped yet? And what better way to start the new year than by keeping up with your nerd cred? I need to vomit and then
0: drink again gallon of coffee and and then maybe vomit again
1: geekade.com has tons of articles and podcasts dedicated to video games comics wrestling tv shows and so much more honey what what day is it are we home think there are evil corporate overlords telling us what we can or can't say fuck no there aren't any corporate strings attached to geekade so you get all the unbiased news and opinions right here at geekade.com
0: why why are there mittens in my underwear
1: Oh, you said that bitch Sandra would never find them there.
0: Who the fuck is Sandra?
1: Check out geekade.com today with a brand new layout and design for all your geeky needs.
0: You love Wolverine, you love the X-Men, and you love Facebook.
1: You don't know me, but you're right, so continue.
0: One million to save Wolverine and the X-Men is a Facebook page that stands above other X-Men
1: pages. Why? Is it run by Hugh Jackman? I love Hugh Jackman.
0: Not only will you find news and trivia, but you can check out great original artwork, and one of the admins even sells original sweet X-Men swag. I also love Tom Hanks. Step by 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook today for all your X-Men needs.
1: I want Hugh Jackman and Tom Hanks to be my two dads. Alright, so for this month's Mutant Memories, we're talking about Uncanny X-Men... Number 141 and 142.
0: Does that have a snappy title
1: to it? Days of Future Past. I've heard of that before. Right. It was a bad movie. Um, so, this was, uh, an amazing story. It was very short, but it's kind of hailed You're as, like... very short. Fucking shit. <laughs> really? I'm, like, 5'7". That is average fucking height. You're shorter than me. I know. <laughs> um... So, yeah, this is hailed as, like, a classic X-Men story, even though it's only two issues long, but it's it's really great. And this did a lot to set up a lot in just two issues. I really like how it set up this whole, like, post-apocalyptic future. Like, Sentinels rule, and mutants are living in internment camps, and, like, all these fucking heroes are dead, and so only a couple of the X-Men are left. But, you know, they're basically, like, slaves. And so, like, they have this plan for Kate... Which is weird, because, like, until this point, she's just fucking kitty. um, for Kate to go back in time to her younger self, and, like, fix this terrible, terrible future. And so, like, this was, like, the first time that the X-Men time travel, and, like, it's such a big fucking thing right now, even in, like, X-Men Blue, they're traveling through time, but, uh, yeah, this was, like, the first time that they went and did it. Um, I just, I really would like to see more of this apocalyptic future, which sounds kind of silly because they've kind of done it. Like, we we see something similar to it in, like, Age of Apocalypse. And there was even, like, an Age of Apocalypse ongoing series that ran for a little while a few years ago. But um, I still feel like, you know, it did, really didn't do this justice. Like, I, I would like to see somebody try this again. Like, that Years of Future Past that we got for, like, a few issues, like, was good. But that was still, like, the whole Secret Wars thing. I would like to see, like, a what if, um, what if the X Men failed to stop this from happening, you know? Like, what would happen then?
0: This, uh, this is, like, one of my favorite X Men stories. They completely butchered it in the movie, which I thought was total bullshit. This story was supposed to be about Ra- Rachel sending, uh, Kitty back into the past, but the fucking movie just you know, wiped their fucking penises all over it and made it Xavier and Wolverine as the two characters instead of Rachel and Kitty. So instead of having, you know, these really strong female characters, we had absolutely zero in the movie. Otherwise, I think that this story was really great. I loved that it had, like... It felt like it had, like, such an impact to it and that it was going to be, like, a really important story because... Of the repercussions of killing, uh, Senator Kelly, like just spiraled their timeline just out of control and started all these, like, anti mutant things. And it just continued on and on to the point of these internment camps where the mutants who are still alive were, you know, all, like, slaves.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, no, and, and it, it you know, it set up a bunch of stuff. I mean, it set up, like, you know, Mystique as, like, like she was already a villain and like we already knew she was terrible but like we could see what she was capable of because of this story um obviously senator kelly uh was like you know an important character uh throughout x men history uh and you know he kind of got like his a big start here um like more shit would happen with him in the years to come you know it was just uh it was really interesting to see her put this brotherhood team together we actually had like a female leader here and uh, them take on the X-Men and do as well as they did, actually. Which was interesting because, like, you know, this was Destiny's first appearance. This was Pyro and Avalanche's, both their first appearance. Blob was the only character who had act- act- actively fought the X-Men before. Mystique had appeared in the X-Men before, but she hadn't fought, like, the whole team. And so we had them all fighting, and that was really cool. It was really cool to see them take each other on. Um, you know, fucking, and, like, Pyro's my favorite character. He, like, almost fucking killed Wolverine here. And Wolverine really wanted to fucking kill him because of it. And this was the first time, out of many, that Storm fucking rained on Pyro. Which upsets me to no end to this day. But, yeah, it was, it was just a fantastic setup. Um, it was kind of resolved a little too easily. You know, fucking, um... You know, Kate's consciousness is in young Kitty's body. She makes it into the room where Destiny is about to kill Robert Kelly and just kind of fucking nudges Destiny's arm. So she misses that shot. And, like, that's it. You know, everything's taken care of. But, you know, I loved the battles in these two issues. I loved the artwork. John Byrne's artwork on this dystopian future was just, like, beautifully detailed. And the story was just so fucking sad. You know, we're in the future. Franklin just gets killed. Wolverine gets killed. You see that fucking harpoon go right through Storm. Rachel is trying to keep in telepathic contact with the team and feels it the moment that Peter dies. Like, it was just so emotional, you know? It was just, I don't know. It it, it was so big for it only being two issues. Like, I still can't believe that this is such a huge story told only... Over two issues.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, like I said, this is one of my favorite X-Men stories. And, you know, this story really proves that, like, you know, to tell, like, a really good X-Men story, you know, you don't need to have ten issues and seven crossovers (laughs) and five annuals to get the story done. I mean, Chris Claremont did it in two fucking issues, and this is still one of the most famous, most beloved stories to this day, all, all this time later. You know, people still look at this as one of the greatest X Men stories. And okay, so, you know, Chris Claremont did work on the X Men for over 30 years. So, you know, not everything could be a fucking gem. And he did write some stuff that was fucking garbage. But this was not one of those. This is, I think it stands the test of time. I like, I like this comic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, this brings me to what I wanted to talk about next. Because as I mentioned, and I've probably mentioned on episodes before, that Pyro is my favorite character. All of a sudden, fucking Pyro is in the latest issue of Iceman. And you could tell immediately that this is classic Pyro, not this quote-unquote new one that appeared in X-Men Gold, because he's got the fucking fuel tanks on his back. And he's like burning things... For social justice. And like. I don't know just like okay. So as usual he's not taken seriously. Like you know adult Iceman. And young Iceman are having a conversation. Like he's not there about like what's going on in their love lives. And whatever. And like that's that's fine. But like. I don't know like somebody mentioned. On like one of the groups like. Like he's just yelling villainous tropes. And it was just a disservice to the character. And I, And I agree with that. I, I really do. I shouldn't let my giddiness, like my my joy over the fact that like they brought him back eclipse that there was wrongdoing to the character. But like if he's actually back, then there's a chance for someone to do better with him. Because um, that was my initial reaction. I'm, I was just so joyful. Like, oh my fucking God, he's back. He's back. But like, you know, like, is he really? Or was this even like an editorial oversight? Because they still haven't explained in depth who like this new pyro is. So, I don't know what's going on with this. Are we going to have two of them? Like, are we going to see this original one again? Like, what's going on? I don't know. But I thought it was really interesting, obviously, because he's my favorite character.
0: Um, I thought that it was just really funny. The fact that, you know, he was just saying these, like, generic, like, NPC villain phrases. Yeah. And uh, not even realizing the fact that neither Iceman was paying attention to anything he was saying. I just thought it was really funny.
1: So, speaking of Iceman, Iceman is ending. Uh Like, we knew that Jean Grey was ending. You know, it said, like, oh, catch the finale next month. But, like, also Iceman and Generation X are ending, which saddens me. I don't think either one of them have been my favorite X titles, but Generation X was up there aside from the awkward art. But this is nonetheless upsetting. I shouldn't be too surprised, though. Like, when I go on Previews World to see what new comics are coming out every week, uh once a month they'll have, like, you know, top 100 comics, top 100 graphic novels, and I usually click on the top 100 comics just to, like, look through and see what's where. Not that I really, like, study the fucking list or whatever, but I do look at where the X titles are. And you'll see, like, all new Wolverine, Weapon X, Cable has made it in there a couple of times, but... Generation X and Iceman have not consistently cracked the top 100, and I don't feel like I've seen them the past few months. So this really isn't too much of a surprise, even though it is upsetting.
0: I'm really upset. Um, I love all three of these series. It looked like they were actually um, making progress in the story in Iceman, and I wanted to see that to be continued. Um obviously I am really upset that Jean Grey is ending because she is my favorite character, but we know that we're going to be getting X-Men Red, so at least that will be a team that's led by Jean Grey, but I'm also really upset that like okay, so there is a young and old version of every character mm. except uh you know, there's no old Cyclops and there was only a young Jean Grey. And now young Jean is gre- dead, and we're going to get an old Jean Grey. So we're never going to have had two Gene Greys at the same time, other than the ghost form, which I don't know if that really counts. But uh, I'm really upset about that. Uh, I thought it would have been interesting to see how um, they both would have like acted if they were both alive. Yeah. So it looks like young Jean is dead. So that kind of makes sense why that's ending. And Gen X... Uh... The art was so bad, but I really liked (laughs) the book. I liked the interaction between the characters, and I feel like that's something that we haven't been seeing in X Men Gold or Astonishing X Men. So you know what? People are stupid, and they you know (laughs) they they don't like the books that actually like include the good stuff. Which is, like, the character interactions.
1: Yeah, and then they complain about it that, you know, this character isn't used, this character isn't used. Well, alright, but when they put a book out where some of these, like, teenage characters are used, you're not buying it. So then that tells Marvel that, like, oh, they don't care about, like, these young kids. When really, I know for a fact that a lot of fans who are in all these groups I'm a part of do love the teenage characters. I feel like the rosters are going to change, like over time, you know what I mean? And I think that this book was really well-written. I loved the interactions. I loved seeing where the story is going. You know, even if the art, for the most part, wasn't great, you know, that could always change. Um, It's really disappointing that, like, right after they're renumbering it to, like, number 85, like, we're going to get number 87, and then that's it. You know, that's sad that they gave it another shot, and, like, fans weren't buying it. I don't know. I hope they try to revive it in the future. I hope at least that they come up with like another like teenage X-Men book sometime soon. Because usually those are the best, in my opinion. I mean, shit, New X-Men was one of my favorites when that was coming out. And Young X-Men didn't last for very long, but I thought that was a great book too. So, I don't know. But, uh, alright, so we got a couple of pieces of movie news. Uh, not a whole lot. To talk about here, but I did want to mention. I found I was kind of surprised. So in the New Mutants movie, Warlock isn't going to be in there. Uh, I was led to believe that he was going to, that he was going to be part of the team. There was going to be the five of them plus Warlock, and they're saying that it could have been due to budgetary restrictions because obviously this character would be entirely cgi uh the director josh boone said that we may get like this character warlock and more in future movies and this is just kind of presupposing that there's going to be more movies like this guy might have three movies planned but if this movie is a massive failure they are not going to go ahead with a new mutant sequel so like don't bank on that I don't know. I'm just like kind of disappointed because, like I said, when I was first reading about this movie's announcement a while ago, they mentioned Warlock in there and now he's not going to be in there. He's a great character. I love him.
0: Yeah, Warlock is one of my favorite characters, but also at the same time, if it's just Warlock and they don't have Doug, I don't think it would be as good. Hmm. I feel like they would need to have both of them, but you know, uh, there are already problems that I have with this movie.
1: You know what they could have done, though? I mean, like, honestly, if they put Warlock in this movie, <clears throat> it could have made sense. Like, they could have had him, like, at this facility where the new mutants are kind of trapped, you know? Yeah. And then, like, in the next movie, they could have introduced Cypher. They could have introduced the Hellions and the Hellfire Club that way, maybe. You know? Like, I don't know. Yeah, but
0: I feel like also if it's a horror movie, it wouldn't really make sense for Doug to be in there because there wouldn't be a whole lot that he could do. <laughs>
1: it's um... not a whole lot for Doug to do Anyway, historically, anyway.
0: Okay, yeah, but, like, I see him as, uh, you know, just, like, kind of what they've done with Sage in um, the uh, Gifted show. Oh, yeah. You know, where he'll just, like, sit behind a computer and have, like, one of those headset mic things and, like, report to them. No, Or, like,
1: micro. But think about it. Yeah, but micro was badass. Um, But think about it. He could wear warlock. Oh,
0: yeah, no, definitely. That would be awesome. But they have to, like, actually give there to be something for doug to do before he you know to like show off like oh i can i can do something
1: no definitely i i I see what you're saying but like you know they could have they could have made this work whatever uh i'm still still trying to be hopeful for this movie trying so hard um next there's a couple of pieces of um news for dark phoenix um there is like a little bit more of a plot synopsis. So this is set in 1992. That's when I was born. Yay! Ten years after the events of Apocalypse. Um, this opens with the X-Men. And they are national heroes, apparently. And Xavier is on the cover of Time Magazine. Apparently he's got a growing ego and it puts his team at risk. Pride is starting to get the better of him. And he's pushing the X-Men to more extreme missions. So they're dispatched to space for a rescue mission. Solar flare hits the X-Jet and the surge of energy ignites malevolent, power-hungry new force within Jean Grey. So that's kind of weird to yeah, make...
0: Yeah, they're just making their own story, which I'm fine with, but... Like, uh, to
1: make Xavier, like, this egotistical guy, he like... He
0: is. Uh, I don't...
1: he, But he is, but he's kind of
0: like... No, like, I feel like he's definitely egotistical. Really? Like, full of himself? I think that he definitely is very full of himself. You know, I don't think that... He would push his. I mean, I feel like at a certain point, like maybe during certain arcs or whatever, certain writers that, okay, I could see him like not really taking into account the danger that he's putting his team into. There are just like some writers who write him like, you know, he's like really concerned for his team and he like loses his shit after Gene dies and stuff like that. But I I definitely see it at points where he just wouldn't care and just wants to look out for himself. I mean, like, uh, when he was trying to walk again and he had to use, like, all his psychic power to focus on that, you know, when he still has to keep this rapport with everybody else, like, you know, he would, like, kind of, I assume he would have to cut that rapport off with his team to be able to focus his energy on his legs when
1: he was trying to walk again. I don't know. I mean, I I guess I get what you're saying, but, like, because they're saying he's on the cover of time magazine that they're national heroes you know i don't see him as like a person who's basking in the limelight you know he's more like anonymous and like um so yeah so this all just kind of strikes me as weird um i could be wrong um i'm still not too hopeful for the movie anyway but i guess we'll see what happens the next piece of news about dark phoenix that i wanted to get to was that um genosha is confirmed for it and you know obviously magneto is there living uh, he's living on Genosha, leading a group of m- of mutants. Yeah, so Kinberg, the director, said, the peace and calm of the commune is threatened with the arrival of Jean Grey, who comes to Eric for help. There's a suspicion there on his part when she arrives. And so, I mean, this kind of makes sense. People were speculating that this was going to happen when there were, like, a ton of casting calls. I remember we were looking at, at him on this podcast, like, a while ago. But this kind of sucks, too, because, you know, they're going to throw in recognizable characters... You know, there were like, there was one who sounded exactly like Sunfire, and it's like, oh great. But like, if they put that character in there now, that sort of negates them being able to do anything with those characters in a future movie. It, It sort of negates them being able to do anything like give them a spotlight. So that's why I don't really like this, because it's another opportunity for them to be like, oh, look at all these fucking cameos, and no character development, and you're not going to do anything else in this movie or any movie.
0: I mean, they did such a bad job introducing and, uh, like, telling the stories of the mutants in the last movie, in Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like they were just so underdeveloped. I mean, who could... Be there other than you know magneto i mean there's like cameron hodge and like all of those people but they're not gonna get into that
1: right well it's like what i'm what i'm thinking is like you know they just have this like huge mutant dartboard at like fox studios and they yeah. just like throw a dart and they're like yes. oh yep it's gonna hit uh, mesmero yep let's throw him in there <laughs> let's throw another one uh there's fucking mimic yeah there's mimic let's throw him in there yeah uh, Maybe we'll see Warlock. Maybe that's where Warlock is and Cypher. They're hanging out on fucking Genosha in this movie and we'll never see them again. So, you know, that's what I'm saying because they did this sort of thing in, like, uh, X-Men The Last Stand. You know, they had all these new characters. It's like, look, there's a Juggernaut. Look, there's Multiple Man. Look, there's fucking Arclight. And then nothing. It was just so bad.
0: The X-Men movies are all really bad, but then the next thing that we're going to be talking about is that Disney bought Fox... Well,
1: a lot of it anyway well
0: a lot of it okay this fucking kevin figue guy <laughs> wants wants to touch the x-men he better fucking wear gloves okay he better not touch the x-men unless the x-men say that it's okay i want written documents no i think that okay i see so many people online just going uh, off of about like Oh wow, you know, the Avengers movies, this this Spider-Man Homecoming movie was so good and they do such a good job with their movies, but nobody s- thinks I'm like, you know, stops and thinks about the repercussions of them owning this much property. I mean, Disney pretty much owns the fucking world at this point, and now the fact that they're getting more properties makes me really anxious and makes me not want
1: to live on Earth anymore. We we can still enjoy things on Earth. It's 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 okay. Uh, I, I understand what you're saying, because then what happens if, if something fails? Too big to fail. How, well... bail them out. No, how big is the company gonna get? I get it, and it's, it's funny, because, like, I know there are a lot of people who are happy. There are also a lot of people who are not happy. And there are a lot of people, too, um, well, maybe not a lot, but I've seen some people with your thinking, too, that, like, somebody posted this meme. It's this whole fucking timeline where, like, 2022, like... Disney appoints somebody to the White House. Twenty thirty, like Disney takes over America and has like its own military. Twenty one oh four. Fans are still looking forward to a Disney X Men movie. So like people do understand that this company is getting fucking huge. But as far as like we're concerned on this podcast and as fans of the X Men, yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested to see what they can do with the X Men. As a person who is not fan as not a fan of Corporations that are too powerful for anybody's good. No, I'm not happy about this. Of fucking course not.
0: Yeah, no you know our government lets stuff like this happen, and then you know that we have to pick up the
1: pieces. Well, that's another thing too. Is that I haven't seen any more news since one piece of news about it was that the Senate was going to do an investigation into this to see. I guess I don't know how deep it goes or exactly what it entails. I haven't seen any any more news uh about it since then. So, I don't know what's happened. But moving on to the next topic so we can try to keep things happy on this episode is the last two episodes of The Gifted that came out. Uh now one episode is going to premiere between the time that we're recording and the time that it airs, but I mean there's not we don't have to get into the details, but I really thought that these last two episodes were amazing. It was really fucking weird how Esme has just been such a creep. Like, you know that she's just up to no good. Like, but we didn't really know the extent of it in episode 9, and we didn't get to that until, like, episode 10, where she's really just trying to play everybody until she gets what she wants, which is to get her sisters out of the facility. Uh, I really thought it was great how Polaris and Beautiful Dreamer had their little girls' night out. And Polaris made that fucking, I think it was like a spoon or something, into that fucking, like, metal knuckle and punched that guy in the face. Yeah, I love that. And knocked him out. That was amazing. I'm gonna be so fucking upset if they don't renew this show. I really am. Just her character alone has made this fucking series worth it. This last episode was great, even though Beautiful Dreamer died. Oh, man, Esme and her sisters. Just how fucking brutal this was where they just had all those cops in the military just fucking killing themselves
0: i loved that that was my favorite
1: oh man that was so just graphic and uncomfortable and awesome but like what the fuck is gonna happen now you know the struckers went to uh the turner family and actually convinced his wife to convince him <laughs> that all of this was a bad idea. And by the way, Patty called that. They're like, oh yeah, go to the family. Talk to the wife. She'll convince him. And that's yeah, exactly because, what happened. Because happens.
0: men are stupid and they need their women. The, the women need to keep their husbands in line. Because <laughs> otherwise, you know, men just think with their dicks, right? That's, that's the it.
1: that's the thing. That's what we do. So we need we a woman in, in charge. We, sh- we fucking put the razor... Uh, on your dick on our penis hands good and our hands come with penises too the ladies you don't see it they're retractable we shave we make our coffee with our penises mm-hmm. we drive to work with our giant dicks mm-hmm. as we're like sitting in traffic you know we just got like our hands we're just leaning back using the steering wheel with our uh, with our dick and just like hey how you doing buddy I'm just driving with my dick yeah driving my dick too over here yeah
0: well yeah and uh you know <clears throat> mrs turner was like, please get out of my house. And then Mrs. Strucker was just like, okay, but your husband is making my children into slaves. She was like, you know, your your daughter only died. Our, our kids are being held as slaves and yeah. being forced to kill, kill. Yeah. their own kinds against their will, and you're lucky that your daughter is dead, kind <laughs> of. Okay, she didn't say that. <laughs> but then Mrs. Turner was like, what the fuck is wrong with you no you're not you're not going to do this you're calling this the fuck off
1: yeah and so that's that's what kind of sucks about this but it made for perfect conflict because then you know agent turner goes in um and talks to fucking um roderick who's looking actually looking more like ahab now and it's like nope we're taking everybody out of here and then that's the moment like you know these mutants are gonna get out of there they're gonna be at least you know okay for now you know not turned into hounds But this is when the cuckoos start blowing everything up. And so that's where that episode left off. And that was fantastic. I cannot wait to see what happens on this week's episode. I swear to God, I'm going to be so fucking upset if this show does not get renewed.
0: I want to see the cuckoos kill more.
1: Yeah. Uh, And what is this going to lead to? Like the Hellfire Club? Is there going to be more cuckoos? Two more? Five? Five cuckoos? How many cuckoos? Five cuckoos? Five cuckoos?
0: Five cuckoos. No, they can't just like multiply.
1: No, but they were. They're, they're not like
0: amoebas.
1: <laughs> they're amoeba cuckoos. Amoeba
0: cuckoos.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know. But <clears throat> no. My point was like you know they started out as the five and one, not the three and one. I know. I I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm really I really can't fucking wait to see this, so anyway, that'll do it for this month's episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to check out some great original content on Geekade.com, one million to save Wolverine and the X-Men, and some of our favorite X images on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. What do you think of a bunch of X titles getting cancelled? Are you excited to watch Kevin Feige touch the X-Men? Come back next month when we'll be talking about the rest of Phoenix Resurrection and the first two appearances of the new mutants. And until next time, Bubble Butt Crawler was right.